0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another jam-packed episode of Big Apple Hockey for our weekly show. And it is we got a lot that we're going to be talking about, from Alexander Ovechkin scoring his 800th goal to Mitch Marner's impressive scoring streak. And Anthony is going to ask us, who says no? So I am Mark Williams, your host for today. And I'm joined by the man who's going to change his name to Nostradamus, Mr. John Fulkowski. (laughs)
1: Definitely not. But um, if there was anybody who at ever at one point or another considered a name change, it was probably the guy that you're going to introduce after me, because that guy absolutely adored and idolizes Alexander Ovechkin, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. And uh, I'll pass that over to Mr. Anthony LaRocco, who is a very, very happy man after seeing his boy achieve greatness.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I wear the number eight around my neck. It's my uh, number. I have wore for a long time. And it's mostly because of, uh, well, solely because of Alexander Ovechkin. So, you know, I'm a Diet Islander fan. I've always been a big fan of his. And what an amazing accomplishment. I was glad that, you know, I was able to watch it last night. And, uh, you know, kudos to him because he's, he's defying the way, uh, you know, athletes age at 37 years old still play in the way he is. So uh, onward and upward now.
0: Like I said in our group chat today, he's literally the Russian machine that never breaks. Like he's almost the same player that he was 15 years ago, and it's it's amazing about him. He, I mean, he has grown. There's there's been all the different um, growth in his game defensively, especially. And he knows what it's going to take. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you Mike, you changed yours, me? so <laughs> I'm uh, not changing mine. And I'll, we'll we'll explain why I'm not changing mine to Phil and, uh later on in the show.
0: <laughs> All right. But we are going to begin first with the New York Rangers, who you can see some of the final buzzer games whenever Phil has got time. He, he'll he do some Rangers talk after some uh, games. I'll try to always do 60-second game reviews for either the Rangers or the Islanders. And you can always see more of us at BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. And starting with the Rangers, though, they beat Vegas. They bludgeoned Vegas. That was not even a close game. Oof. Beat Colorado in a shootout and New Jersey in overtime. Now, now the Filipino OT winner concludes the three unanswered goals. The Rangers were down three to one. And their next three games, Toronto, uh, Saturday in Philly, and Sunday at Chicago. And I'm going to be at that game, so I can't wait for that one.
1: Philk, are the Rangers fixed? I'm not totally convinced yet. Not totally convinced. If they win these three games, then something tells me that the ship has been righted. Uh, I will say this. That was the gutsiest win I've seen for the Rangers all year. Um, The difference between that game and every other game was that the fight that they were lacking in games where they would go down. And you you could see it in their body language and and the frustration after goals were scored, you know. Igor Shosturkin slamming his stick after after goals are scored, even in practice, slamming his stick after he lets up a, a goal in practice. Uh, they just look dead in the water. They looked lifeless. They looked like they didn't uh, they didn't care. And then all of a sudden, that game just starts getting real chippy and physical towards like the middle of the first period. And you're like, okay, like this is cool, some life. This is something they haven't shown in previous games when they're down. Okay, it's different. And then one of the key moments in that game, I said it was the most underrated moment of the game that just doesn't get enough talk about it, is the Chris Kreider goal. Uh, That goal uh, late in the first period really kind of helped turn the game around because if that goal's not scored, it's a completely different game. And goals given up late in periods, are, or can be, I should say, backbreakers for the team that gives them up and big confidence boosters for the team that scored them. So the Rangers finished that period strong came out in the second period. And just that the, the penalty drawn and, and the, uh, the the penalty shot save for Igor Shostakov on Jack Hughes right before the two goals in seven seconds was just huge. So the, the point is long, long story short that there's just a different element right now that I haven't seen all year. And while I'm this close to saying that they're there, I I need to see more in order for me to be able to say that they're truly fixed. So when, when you're getting the efforts that you're getting from guys like Chris Kreider, who I know Mark is going to be real happy to hear this, but Chris Kreider played his best game of the season on uh, Monday night. Yeah. The, the president of the fan club definitely has to hold back that big, big smirk that he wants to uh, – let go on the camera there, but uh, the lines were the right choice, even though I guess I'll have to take the lesser of two evils with Barkley Goudreau on the, or the necessary evil, I should call it, of Barkley Goudreau on the first line with zavanajad and Panarin to keep the kids as the second line, and then a nice and much needed physical north-south third line of Kreider, Shrocek, and Jimmy VC. Which actually played very well; they were the most consistent line all game. So, um, I, I see signs, but I want more.
0: Anthony, what do you think? Are the Rangers fixed? Should every Ranger fan calm down right
2: now? Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar to to, to Phil. I'm close. I'm close to saying it. What kind of prevents me from buying all the way in is that you know. Yeah, they, they beat Vegas convincingly. But, you know, as Philk mentioned, I think before our last show that we did before the game, you know, Eichel and Peter Angelo were out They're They're top forward and they're top defensemen. That Correct. really hurt. Um, and then they went to Colorado. And, you know, Igor Shosturkin was really, really good that game. He's really the reason why they won. But um, Colorado was missing Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Evan Rodriguez. Nakushkin actually had just came back. He was out. He did play in that game, I believe, but he was out for a while. Uh Artari Lekinen was out. They were the walking wounded. Um, so you know, they should have beat Colorado. Um, you know, so it's yeah, they they got big wins. Um, but those teams were a little depleted. I do like the win against New Jersey. It was very gutsy come from behind. Um, but I, I still think I, I want to see this next stretch. You know, Toronto was on an absolute heater. I think they're 9-0 and one in their last 10. That's gonna be a that's going to be a tough uh, order for them, a real test, and then go from there. But you know, what? at the end of the day, they're getting points, and you know they're they're back in a playoff spot, which is why I said, you know, when all this turmoil was going on, it wasn't the end of the world. There were only a couple points out, and you know now they're now they're in the second wild card. So. Um, Yeah, you know, despite that, I'm sure what the expectations were going into the year, I'm sure for a lot of people, that's not good enough, as everyone expected them to be at the top of the division as opposed to in the second wildcard spot. But, you know, still progress. They still won a bunch of games in a row, uh, albeit, you know, what some of the other teams are going through. But um, a couple more games uh, of them picking up points and, you know, I'll be completely sold, but they're on the right track.
0: I'm actually not completely sold yet. Uh, There are elements that I like. Obviously the wins are right there. You know, you ever hear the term and we've said it before you basically laid it out right there. You got the right teams at the right time. You got St. Louis when they still haven't figured it out and goodness knows if they're going to that, that'll be a different topic. And I don't even have them on the slate for today. Um, But you have Vegas who was without their top player in Eichel and they're top defensemen. Then you get Colorado with injuries. Then you get Jersey, and we're going to get into Jersey a little bit later, but Jersey's got a big stretch of games that it might show who they really are. So, But getting back with the Rangers, I still want to see Kako and Lafreniere and Hedl getting more ice time. And I think that moving Trocek and Kreider to another line and because uh, those two could play together. And now you're playing them as a third unit with Jimmy VZ. Now that works a little bit better. Um, I I there's still some more that I'd like to see. There's still you're still not seeing much in the um, like I said, in the playing time department for Cocklewood with year because like I said, they've been collecting dust. But you know what? At least now they're they're not being shelved for the rest of all eternity. So I think he's getting there. I still if, if somebody asked me, "Oh, would I have still fired Gallant last week?" Yes, I would have, because they were in free fall. Now, you know what? This is this is why you're right sometimes, Anthony. And usually, I'm not the impulsive one, but it's uh, I, I I I do have a little bit of egg on my face for that. Phil, what's the last word on the Rangers this week, and looking forward to next week?
1: So I just responded to a comment in the chat. Oh, put it back up. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that back up from Music, one of our regulars. Um, he says that he thinks Toronto's the measuring stick right now. I, I would have to agree. It's funny. We were talking about Toronto earlier on in the year as they're in, in their own. They were in their own tailspin. And now Toronto is on, a, I won't say a similar heater to New Jersey, but they're on a heater in their own way. And um, they're playing very well. And Mitch Marner, everybody's scoring. Mitch Marner is on his impressive point streak. And they're they're a buzzsaw right now. So this is going to be a big, big game tomorrow night. And here's something
0: defense. else. They're getting great goaltending from Ilya Samsonov right now.
1: Yeah, which is something that we all said was a question mark uh, with them entering the season. We, we didn't know what the hell they were doing with Samsonov and Matt Murray. Yeah. And now all of a sudden Ilya Samsonov is – Playing consistently well for them, they could be a problem tomorrow night. So let, let's see what happens with that game.
0: But by the way, before we proclaim them as geniuses, Anthony, we, we need to see what they're going to do in the playoffs. That's all the, the only thing that matters with Toronto, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, the regular season was never going to really be the issue. It's come playoff time. Yeah. Things are going to be different.
0: Well, that's that's what we're going to have to find out. And, you know, with the Rangers, or can they get back? To where they were from last year, that's that's a different story, too. By the way, let me throw this one out at you because a friend of mine threw, threw this at me on Monday night. Part of the reason why Sisterkin hasn't been great at home is because he's got a newborn. Thoughts on that one?
1: I mean, it could be possible.
0: He might not be getting sleep.
1: He might not be getting enough sleep. I mean, he could be kind of just tired out. He could be stressed out, too. I mean, goalies, I, I, hockey is a mental game. And I think with goalies, it's it's even worse because there's so much to digest as a goalie, just like a quarterback in the NA, in the NFL. Like, there's a lot to digest. You have to read the entire field when you're a quarterback. When you're a goalie, you see everything that's going on in the ice. So you have to uh, – you, you really have to be in, in the right state of mind when it comes to playing goalie.
0: I got to ask the only, the only dad out of the three of us. Do you think there's any validity to
2: that? <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a professional athlete. It's not like it's not like a regular dude. I mean, he's got a pretty important job. I'm sure on game days, uh, I'm I'm sure his wife handles most of the uh, most of the duty there. So I, I don't know. I really wouldn't. I don't think that's really affecting him too much. I just think last year he played at a God Hasik level, and, and you know this year he's been average. Uh, yeah, it
0: happens. Well, he's got to get back to that level again. Well, So the Rangers can get back to where they were last year, which and where they were at the beginning of the year with the lofty expectations. What do you guys think? And are the Rangers back? Are they fixed? Throw it all down in the comments below. Don't forget to leave us a like, by the way, everybody, you got to make sure you're hitting the bell because you got to, if you don't hit the bell, then you just subscribe and then you still might be missing out on some videos. So let's move on to the New York Islanders who went 1-1-1 one, one one this week. They had a, a, an absolutely dominating win over New Jersey. Uh, they were shut out by Carolina, which it says Carolina. Uh, there was, there's no extra L. So this, this one, at least I caught, boys. So there you go. Um, and a shootout loss versus the Boston uh, Bruins last night. Anthony, first things first, by the way, what a hit. Alexander Romanov put on Miles Wood.
2: Yeah, that is, he yeah. literally laid the wood to wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, that was that was as a textbook and clean hit as as you would see. And it's just frustrating that you know after every clean big hit in this league, you have to fight. And Romanov got jumped. And um, you know Wood actually said a couple days after the game, he said that he's never been hit that hard in his life, and that it was a clean hit. So he acknowledged it. Um, but I guess, you know, it is what it is. Your teammate, you see a guy get destroyed, you want to stick up for him regardless. But, yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a great hit. It was a great game. Uh, I know the Devils scored two goals in the third period to make it 6-4. But, I mean, re- in reality, the game wasn't really close. The Islanders dominated that game, um, which is, which was big. You know, they're, they're the second-best team in the East. It was, a, it was a, a tough matchup for them to see kind of where they stand. And, uh, you know, they ran the Devils out of their building. Um, so one you know one one and one I'm I'm happy how these three games went. Yeah, the the game against Carolina was was an absolute stinker. I mean, Carolina just suffocated them the whole game and gave them gave them absolutely nothing. They couldn't get anything going. Um, and you know, but yeah, they played the night before on a back to back. But I just I don't know. I just think they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Carolina, kudos to Carolina. They played a perfect game. You know, and then last night in Boston, you know, I'm thrilled with the point in the shootout loss. I mean, Boston's the best team in the league. Uh, they haven't lost in regulation at home. Um, the Islanders were down two nothing. They were down three two. They kept battling back. Um, you know, and they lost in the skills competition, but uh, they played a they played a good game. And even when they went down two nothing, I don't know if you guys were watching the game, but I was, I was like, I was like, this sucks, but. I wasn't worried because the Islanders were actually outplaying Boston. They were playing in their end. They took a penalty. Parise took a penalty, power play goal. What can you do? And then right after that, it was like, I don't know, 30 seconds. They got a, a, a fluke goal off a skate. So it was 2-0, but you didn't have that feeling like, here we go, because you saw in their game that they were out playing the Bruins. And, you know, they, they, they didn't give up. Like we said, the Islanders always battle back. Um, you know, Verlamov gave them – you know, solid goaltending when needed. And unfortunately, they just couldn't find a way to get the extra point. But, um, you know, when you play two of the best teams in the East and you take three out of four points as an Islander fan, you have to be happy um, with that. So you take that and you run and now they head out West to play the Coyotes, which is a very winnable game. Uh, and then kind of go from there. But yeah, I, I'm happy with the way they played, um, especially without Adam Pellick. I mean, that's that's a big loss that they're feeling there. Uh, hopefully, you know, he joins a team out West and, you know, he can get back in action. Uh, clearly he's concussed. Uh, they won't say it, but you know, that's what, what's bothering him. Uh, and mm-hmm. just hopefully it's not too serious. and He gets back in the lineup, but, um, you know, they're going to get a boost soon. Uh, Kyle Palmer and Anthony Beauvillier are pretty close to coming back and that will help because, you know, last night they're right. When they're right wing depth boys after Wallstrom, it was Clutterbuck Holmstrom and Fashing as the, as oh. the rest of the right wingers through the lineup. So, they could use Palmer and Bavillier back in a big way. So, but yeah, uh, overall I'm, I'm happy with the way these three games went. Just, you know, I wish they could have got a goal when they wore the fisherman jerseys for the first time <laughs> with Carolina, but, um, yeah, so, uh, take it away. Before I throw it down the Phil what are
0: your thoughts on the new fishermen jerseys?
2: You know, Brendan Burke actually summarized it perfectly before. Brilliantly, by the way. Yeah. He said it really, really well. Um, you know, the Fisherman jersey was hated because you had all like the older Islander fans who was there for the Dynasty days to see a really great team they could be proud of, and then you take that logo away, or Fisherman, the new Fisherman logo at a time when they were bad, it just made them hate it so much because of everything the Islanders stood for. But on the other hand, there's so many of so much of the fan base that liked it because you know, for for me, I was like eight, nine years old when they came out with the Fisherman, so a kid is gonna think that's cool. So that's why you have. Half the islander fan base that hates it, and then you have another half that, that love it because it's two different kind of trains of thoughts going through the head on it. So um, but listen, I don't mind. It's a reverse retro, they're gonna wear it six times. It's not like they rebranded again and it's their permanent logo. So for the people who cry about it, I say, like, go 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 just bug yeah, off. No. I mean, you ever they really gotta complain about everything? So yeah. no, that, yeah. that's that's
0: nothing they had to complain about. I actually like the way the new one looks. Uh, just to, before I throw it down to Philk uh there's uh then there's the 16 year old me who's who's not even an Islander fan who keeps looking at the logo because I'm also a Long Islander and playing in the um uh town of voice Debate Bay championship in 96 seeing the the lighthouse going the lighthouse was the choice should have gone with the lighthouse but no not so much Yeah, it's funny you just said that there you go see Mike there you go that's yeah. that's the way he's Great minds think alike, Phil. What are your thoughts on the Islanders' week? What type of week was it for
1: them? Um, <laughs> up and down. I, I mean, you the Carolina game. I, I would say that's a blip for them. It just Carolina's just playing really well. Um, Carolina is playing the same way they played last year, just up tempo, in your face, suffocating type of hockey. And that's why I I thought the Rangers weren't going to beat them because I thought that they they're four they forechecking waves. They send their defenders. Um, they keep the pressure on. And it, for a lot of teams, the, the the answer to beat a team like that is transitional play. And uh, the Islanders are a decent transitional team, which is kind of surprising that Carolina just had their way with them. But, um, you know, the Devils win was a big win. Uh, that that They absolutely dominated the Devils in that game. And that score is actually kind of misrepresentative of how the game actually went, because they they, they made that game close late when it was really kind of out of reach at that point. So the Islanders really took it to a team that was walking around like Randy Marsh with their nuts in a, wheel, a wheelbarrow, you know, in the South Park reference, singing Buffalo Soldier all over the place. And they just, the Islanders just literally just knocked a wheelbarrow right out of their hands and all over the place. So, um, They really took it to them, but the the, the Bruins game, I I didn't get to watch the entire game, but um, Anthony's right, though. They didn't look out of it, and they were really kind of, you know, taking it to Boston for, you know, for the early part of that game, and then those two goals happened, and the second one was real fluky. I mean, that's your your typical, like, Mark Stahl-type goal where you just (laughs) yell at Stahl for being in the wrong place at the wrong time and having the – 12 millionth millionth puck of his career deflect in his own net, <laughs> off of him. so. Um, Which actually and, is the
0: way that the Islanders tied the game.
1: Yeah, and, and you know the Islanders
0: no, the first goal. What's that? The bench, I, I, the I, first I, belly goal. I I know the way he's referring to that. I'm also saying that the Islanders tied it. Sezakis, oh, throwing third, in, yeah. in front yeah. and a hit off of yeah. um, yeah, the defenseman Shingard. That, yes, yeah.
1: that's 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 puck luck. That's yeah, hockey. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. But the Islanders, I, I, you know, I really didn't feel like the Islanders were out of that game either. So, um, I mean, great to to get to a shootout with the best team in the league and to give them a run for their money. Um, but you know what? Like like Anthony said, you, you take three out of four of two of the best teams in the league, and you're, you're pretty happy with that result. But, I, I mean, if you're the Islanders and you're, you're an Islander fan, Keep on trucking, just as uh, Grateful Dead once said. So uh, that's really it. As for their reverse retro jerseys, just bring back the actual fisherman jersey because the color scheme on this reverse retro is ugly. Please. Oh, really? I kind of like it. Ugly. Ugly. All right. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> just bring back the actual fisherman jersey. That was much more enjoyable.
0: Oh, um, and by the way, just in case if any Ranger fans are thinking, bring back the jerseys back when – um. John Ferguson was in charge of the team, you, you'll get yeah. shot by us. That, that'll that be yeah. the truth on that. But, Anthony, I got to also reflect on one thing. First, first, by the way, let me just give you this thought. Because as much as we have to talk about, are oh, the Rangers fixed, or this, or this, or this with them, the honors never seem to be out of games. They haven't gotten their doors blown off in a long time. So I think that's why you kind of look at this week and go, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. On the other hand, I still look at that last 10 and go in 5 4 and one I mean, you 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 think they might be on a press uh, like ready to go on another run, but then again, I wouldn't be shocked if if it ends up being four, five, and one in the next ten. Uh, but because this 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 is probably the toughest stretch they're gonna go on. This is a stretch where you punch the schedule maker in the face afterwards. That first you you start in Boston. By the way, they started Verlamov last night and not Sorokin, but. Uh, you start right, in Boston, yeah, then yeah. you go to Arizona, then you, you, get, you get Vegas. That's actually a good back-to-back. I mean, I've seen other ones that are much worse. Colorado, hopefully you get Colorado at the right time. You get the Rangers in the Garden and Florida, basically two home games to finish up. So what are your thoughts on the, the stretch that they got, starting with the Bruins last night,
2: I guess continuing it? I mean, I honestly, I feel pretty good about it. Arizona is a team that they can, that they can certainly beat. Las Vegas, they mentioned they're you know they're they're missing a lot of guys right now. I mean, white clouds out now for a little bit. Um, I saw the graphic before. There's, there's Peter Angelo, Eichel, White Cloud. Um, there's two other guys that are injured too. I can't think of their names at the moment, but they have guys out so they can take advantage. Colorado, as you know, they they are starting to get healthier, and O'Leckin came back the other night. Um, mm-hmm. Rodriguez is skating. So I don't know. If, I'm sure by the time they play him, he might be back. But still, you know, McKinnon will certainly be out and Landeskog will certainly still be out. So it's a it's a, it's a winnable game. You know, and let's face it. Right now. Colorado, Colorado right now is pedestrian. They're They're not the Stanley Cup champs from last year. So it's a game they can they can win. Um, you know, and, then and then let's see if they can the Rangers could actually hold the lead against the Islanders. Yeah and then that, when the Rangers and Islanders play you know really everything goes at the window there so anything can happen. they could win that game or they can lose it and then Florida's not really a, a good team right now so yeah it's 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 a stretch that you know it's not I wouldn't say it's a gauntlet. I think they can go in and, and have some success on this trip so um you know listen, for the most part you know the way they're going to play. they're always going to give you an effort. Um, that game against Carolina was the outlier mm-hmm. there. So they're always going to come out and play their game. Um, you know, they're opportunistic. They wait for other teams to make the mistake and they pounce and, and you know what, and it's cliche in sports, but they say your best players need to be your best players. And that's happening. You know, Brock Nelson is at, which we'll talk about later, is that a point per game? Got uh, yeah, don't give it away. Uh, Matt Barzell's the point per game. So those guys are going. Um, so that, that's all, that's all good news. So. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, it sucks to not playing tonight or tomorrow, but they'll be back at it on Friday against Arizona. Well, as usual, I got this ready to go,
0: and ESPN had to fumble it in some way. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just play the history-making goal for Alex Ovechkin.
1: So we will not be icing.
2: Four-check, Mantha centers in front kuznetsov had the shot and there it is
1: 800 (laughs) alexander ovechkin has done it and here come the
0: hats and the team (laughs) (laughs) i i gotta crack up about that guys because chris chelios obviously is not a play by play or color analyst guy Uh, steve levy probably just got that entire call ruined as alex ovechkin becomes the third player to score 800 goals in nhl history All right, first off, Nostradamus, what you think about last night? (laughs) For anybody that doesn't know, Filk in our season preview predicted Alex Ovechkin gets 800 against the Chicago
1: Blackhawks. You know what? It's funny because I totally forgot that I had picked that night until you sent me the video, and I was like, "What the hell is this? Why is he sending me a season preview video?" And I look at it, and I'm listening to it, and there's Ovechkin, and then I'm like, "Holy crap! Wow! I can't believe I did that." Um, yeah, I, I, I you know what? Good for him. It, it, it's, it kind of reminds me in a way of when Gretzky needed four goals to get number fifty in his 39th game to pass Mike Bossy's record for the, the quickest 15 uh, 1550, And he did it with, uh, no, it was four goals to tie and five goals against Philadelphia at the Northlands. And he uh, he scored five goals. He scored that empty net goal to do to it. So, yeah, Ovechkin, it's kind of like that in today's game. But Ovechkin needed three goals to get 800, and he does it in one night, gets another hat trick, I just a guy is just incredible. Most road goals in NHL history with 409, as you can see there. Um, it, it, this guy is incredible. He, he just it, there's uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than the fact that he's just truly special. There's just I, I just remember watching him for the very first time in the, the world juniors back in center ice, because like back in the day, center ice used to have the world junior coverage before they went to NHL network. And I watched this guy, and I was like, this kid's like 6'2". He's like 195, 200 pounds already. I'm like, this this guy's going to be a monster at the NHL level. Then he goes, and I get to watch him at the World Cup in 04 before the lockout. I'm like, wow, this kid's definitely NHL ready. Like, he's going to be – everything is advertised. This guy's going to be elite. Then everything comes back. And I'm watching his first game against Columbus because I'm tuned into this, just like Anthony probably was. And I'm sitting there, I was like, this guy just blasted, too. This guy's just going to be incredible. And those first few years, I think uh, maybe aside from Connor McDavid and Pavel Bore, I think Alexander Ovechkin was the most exciting player that I'd ever seen those first few years because he took a combination of, like, Pavel Bore's speed and shooting and then someone like Brendan Shanahan's size and physicality and mash them all together into one just gigantic, nasty Russian prototype that just went through people. I mean, I just remember watching that video that somebody edited to Aerosmith's Dream On. Oh,
2: yeah, and, <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. on YouTube, and you yeah. just you would watch the highlights, and he's dangling through teams left and right, and you're just like, what is this? Like, what kind of <laughs> freaking sorcery? is this? And he just, incredible. Like, he's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer ever. It's not a matter of if he passes Wayne now. It's a matter of can he break 1,000?
0: Yeah. That's actually yeah. a great question because that is in the poll right now. The man wearing the, the number eight on his necklace. What's your thoughts on the Alexander Ovechkin legacy?
2: Yeah. I mean, he was... He was quickly became my favorite player once he entered the league. I mean, I was just captivated by his, you know, his this combination of everything that he everything that he would be brought. You know, he could he can go through you, he can dangle around you. Um, he could practically shoot the puck through the net. Um, you know, he he would blow you up with a hit. I mean, he was he, he was must see TV, and you know, uh, I see now why. Uh, you know Rick Dudley in Florida tried to draft him in 2003 but the league wouldn't the league wouldn't allow him to do it Um, he tried to make a case of being that it was something with a leap year that he should have been eligible but um, yeah he he really changed the course of the Capitals franchise I mean they were they were a really bad team Um, and he got there and you know first year first year or two was rough but um, you know he really brought them respectability again and I just – it was just such an exciting time, especially him coming up with Crosby, too, in the same year and Mm -hmm. the rivalry they built. and Right away. Yeah. uh, Best rookie class ever. uh, Yeah, I kind of said, you know, Ovechkin and Crosby coming to the league that year kind of, you know, saved hockey because they were just coming out of the lockout, um, you know, and and they really, you know, injected a lot of excitement into the league again. But, man, um, Ovechkin, he's morphed and changed his game through years as he's matured. You know, he's not – He's not as reckless anymore. Granted, he's older. You know, he can't his body won't hold up like he did when he was, you know, 25. But the fact that he was just so consistent with with the way that he could still score at the level that he does. I mean, 50 goals last year at the age of 36. And now he's 37 and he he may score over 50 again. Um, It's just it's just unbelievable. And, you know, the funny thing is. There were a couple of years back where I think it was a year or two where his numbers really took a dip. And everyone's starting to say, you know, is, is Ovechkin, you know, what the deal 2011, is. 2011, 2012. Yeah. But, then yeah. he, but then he's come back since and he's and he's shoved all that down. Everyone's starts who doubted him because he's back to a level where, you know, he was prior to that. He's just um, – and I think that just goes to show his understanding of, you know, as he gets older, you have to change maybe your habits, the way you eat, the way you train. I'm not gonna speculate maybe he got a little lackadaisical with his his you know his work ethic and maybe in the offseason those years but um, whatever he's done differently since then he's he's been nothing short of amazing and uh, yeah it's now he's one away from Gordy Howe which he's certainly gonna do and um, you know I, I think I don't really think like Phil said, it's't really a matter if anymore if he passes Gretzky it's just a matter of how much higher can he go um, yeah. you know yeah And Phil brought up 1000 P.K. Subban last night after the game threw out a number and he was saying that he thinks it's possible. And that would just be mind blowing to me um, if he could still manage to score 200 goals. But, you know, his contract after this year, his contract is up uh, in three more seasons. So depending on how long he wants to play, I, I think the sky's the limit for him.
0: Well, also, I just threw up this stat. Most games to score 100 goals in his career was 190 between 500 and 600. So you're talking about a guy that needs two seasons to score 100 goals. If he plays four years at that rate, that puts him at uh, 41, 42, he might do it. And I've said said before about him, he's got the Brett Hull ability of just finding the open spot and just rifling it. So once his legs go, he's still there. Now – First about him uh, and, his, and his performance because he really fits in the mold of the many, many, many players that came before him. Steve Iserman uh, with Scotty Bowman and, um, well, Mario Lemieux with Scotty Bowman, Ken Hitchcock and uh, Mike, Mike Madonna. Great players that were great offensively and then their, their defensive coach comes in and says, you got to sacrifice a little offense for, uh, for the defense and he's still putting up 50 goals all the time. He's a, he's a guy that still has his niche. The thing I just think 2018 really brought front and center to me was his likability. Like I always thought his likability was there and it was there. It was just, you know, he wasn't he wasn't on my team. That's why I hated him. And he always scored against the team I rooted for. And and there's There's so many players that could say that. Oh, first of all, by the way, Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin could say that about the Philadelphia Flyers. But it's just, he's always been that likable guy. Ranger fans, you might remember uh, 2015 after that hard-fought Game 7, he's shaking hands with, with Lundqvist and says, you guys were great, go win the Stanley Cup. And he's supportive of other guys around the league, and I think a little bit was overblown about the Crosby Ovechkin feud. But I've got about ten sec- ten seconds to finish up this thought. He's just, he's just great. He's every now, 2018, you're able to wake up and realize how great this guy really is. So look we'll back on that. I still have to ask you three, you about well, three. I'm one of the three. Got to ask you guys one of the question. Anthony, gonna we'll start with you since you're the Ovechkin uh, just enthusiast. What moment did he really amaze you? And I want to talk about something. I want to. I would. I would love to say. Were you there to see it, or were you watching it on TV?
2: I mean, so many. Um, but <clears throat> aside from, aside from like watching like YouTube highlights, like especially that Dream on one that Phil um mentioned because that amazed the hell out of me. But aside from that, one specific moment I can remember. It was that playoff game against Pittsburgh. Um, All the dueling hat-tricks game. Yes, the dueling hat-tricks, hat-tricks game. On. Yeah. It was just like, you know, Crosby hat-trick. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, fine. Crosby gets a hat-trick. He's like, I'm going to one-up him. You know, it was just – it was just to me that was like, wow, you know, this guy this guy truly is unbelievable. Um, you know, he essentially willed his team. Um, and I was sitting there watching that game thinking like – I would do anything for a guy like this on my team. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and, and, and by
0: the way, just before I t- uh, we get filks, just to talk about that series, a lot of the criticism of him at that time was, Oh, he celebrates every goal like it's he just won the Stanley Cup in double overtime game seven. Playoffs, so you gotta God, ask the question, man. does he get it? He scores a goal in game seven, they're down five nothing, he just raises his stick and goes to the bench. You're like, All right, he gets it, he gets it because other that's, that's another one of those moments of maturity I saw with him. Phil, what's one of the moments that amazed you with with Ovechkin?
1: uh low hanging fruit, but it's that goal. It, it's just, that a goal. I, I can, I, I, I've had, like I said, I've had center ice just for a very, very long time, probably <laughs> about 20 years now that I've had it. And, I, I was watching that game. I was going back and forth between games, and I just remember listening to Kurt Kielbach and Darren Pang on the call, and it just he goes back, and, and it took me about a good like five minutes to understand what exactly <laughs> happened because when it happened, I'm like, I, I literally yelled out, "What the? F- how did it end <laughs> up in the net? How?" And then you just you just see Paul Mara and Curtis Joseph, and Paul Mara just goes like this, like "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and, and, and just my mind was blown. And then you hear Kielback and Panger just like "Oh, like they just they can't believe it. Nobody can believe what's happening." Wayne Gretzky's face is another friggin' story. Like <laughs> you just you you just wow, the greatest player that has ever played the game, and you floored him. You floored, and,
0: and, and it's not like he didn't have that many great goals. Oh my all. god,
1: like yeah, it, it just, uh, I, I, you know, what I, I knew that he was going to be something special, but when he did that, it was just like, okay, this guy, there may be a level to this guy that we've never seen before in terms of pure goal scoring. So,
0: and then on I top of that, great. a similar goal, I think it's actually better than that one is I'll tell you the moment that amazed me in one second was the one on Kerry Price that he was on his
1: ass and he wristed it by him. Oh jeez. We like that before, but that might be the best one from that yeah, from that position.
0: I was at the garden and I saw this live, a friend of mine just like you Anthony, huge Ovechkin fan, wears number 8. His birthday is actually August 8th, so that helps. Uh but I got him tickets and we went to the game. It was Rangers and Capitals obviously. And he goes inside outside on Michael Roosevelt, and one-hands it top shelf on Lundquist with, like, under a minute remaining. And, and oh, I remember that 30 game. Second. And I'm, I'm watching that, and I just went, did he just one-hand that top shelf? Yep. Yeah. Like, it's almost like the Sidney Crosby... Um, yeah, right that was, like, 8 somewhere
1: in that range.
0: Yeah. I almost say it was 09 or 010 was one of those. But it it, it, it was amazing. That's, that's what these guys... Cause when we're we're gonna do one of these episodes for Sidney Crosby eventually, I mean it's these two guys are gonna go down. To use the word generational player, I think we're underselling them. So, but well, we got a lot more we got to cover for you guys. So what is what is your favorite Ovechkin memory? Go ahead, say it's beating the Capitals for the Islander fans and the Ranger fans. That also all works. Throw it down in the comments below, cause. We are going to move on. We got some bar talk and then we got a great segment for you after that
2: shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say
1: fear. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go
0: crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I still laugh about that, Anthony ripping on me for that con- for that question. <laughs> that's that's still one of the best ones. Guys, <laughs> but welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Oh, dear God, just give me a shot. You're not that confident. So-so, I'll take a beer. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around. Make sure you play along down in the comments below, guys. And we're going to start right here for you, Philk. The New York Rangers should keep Philippe
1: I'm gonna buy around because the, the question says should. The real question is whether they will actually keep Filipino. All right, um, how
0: about this? Let me change that right now. Are they gonna keep Filipino? Ooh,
1: so now you're gonna move the goalposts, at me. Okay, no, I have
0: to. I, You you tell me it's more interesting when when All it's right. like that. No, I have I, to do I, that. I like it.
1: You got you got stones, Mark. I like it. Um, will they keep Filipino? Um, I'm gonna say beer then, because uh, I think that they're gonna have a decision to make in the off season, Um, But Philip Hedl has definitely turned a corner. He has turned a corner, and he earned the trust of the coach to be able to be out there in overtime with Artemi Panarin, and it paid dividends the other night. And Hedl's having those games where it makes you think that you know, you talk about maturity moments with Ovechkin. I think Heedle's having a few of those. So,
2: Anthony. I'm going to go Beer. Um, I think that out of their kids, you know, Lafreniere Kako, I think he's clearly the best right now. Um, I think he's – he's, I mean, probably more skilled too, honestly, um, at least what he's showing. And I think that he's gives them good center depth as the third-line center. My question is, you know, the Rangers are always tempted to make that big move and, you know, come the trade – Deadline. There's the whispers of Patrick Kane. You know, Bo Horvat's out there. Um, if Dolan wants the Rangers to make a big trade, um, I think Heatel's going to be the guy. Also, for salary purposes, going the other way. You know, he makes two point three. That would help. Um, that he would be the guy that would be you know offered up that teams may want. So, question then becomes: You know, do you want to give up Heedle for a potential rental and Horvat, and definitely a rental and Kane? I don't. I don't know. I I don't know if I would do it, Um, but I think that might come into play. So that's why I'm not going round here. because I think he would be in demand for one of those guys. If the Rangers want to shake things up with a big trade.
0: I just wonder exactly what his role is going to be going forward. And I think that's why I don't want to say round or shot. So I have to say beer on this. I think they might need to toughen up one of those center spots, but you know what? That's what Vinny Trocek is here for. So hopefully, that means Filipino stays because I thought he was going to be traded for Andrew Kopp, and instead he ends up staying. and He just looked like he was out muscling people in the playoffs. The coach has got to show more faith in him. I, I got to agree with you all on that, guys. They got to show more. He's got to show more faith in him. So, guys, Brock Nelson this season 14 goals, 16 assists, and 30 points. And oh, Mark. he has been. He is nobody saw that uh, yeah. he has been, Brock Nelson has been the most important New York Islanders forward. I got to go to our resident New York Islanders, man.
2: Um, I got to go. I got to go with around. Um, I know we all know Matt Barzell is, is more dynamic, but um, you know, Brock Nelson is, is putting up the points that he is uh, also while being used as a matchup center at some time. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny cause going back years ago, really before trots got there. And I, I kind of agreed with, with Phil because I, I had the same frustrations, but Nelson was always a guy that really, really good wrist shot would give you, you know, 23 goals, but much to be desired in other game areas of the game trots got there and he just, was, he's become a different player ever since. Um, you know, he had a career year last year, 37 goals and, you know, 59 points, um, and at 31 now, it seems like he's getting, he's getting better. I mean, he's he's on pace to to beat his career year from last year in points, um, and also looking like he could score over 35 goals again too. So, uh, all the while being someone that's relied on at the end of the game, I think that listen, if Farzell went down, the Islanders would be really screwed. But I mean, Brock Nelson is is really really important to this team's success. I mean, he's he really does it all for him. So. Um, one thing I'll say, uh, about him is that I think he's starting to make people realize that he's one of the better second line centers in the league between last two years or so and the way he's playing this year because, um, he's prior to that, he's been pretty underrated.
1: Phil, this is a layup, it, 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 it's it's round. I, it, it, uh, it just it, it, like Anthony alluded to before, Anthony said a lot of the things that I would want to say, but I was really, I was hard on Nelson for a while. I was really, really harsh with him, and he just very, very, very lazy, inconsistent player that always looked like he could give you more. I was actually very high on him in his draft year because I, I'm, a, I'm a North Dakota fan. With Kyle hockey. So I followed Nelson at North Dakota and I was very, very high. I thought the Islanders were getting a very good player um, when they got him. And for years, floundered around, just kind of like this, yeah, he's there, but he's, man, he's all right, you know, kind of player. And then Barry Trotz came along and just pushed the right button with him and unlocked the next level with Brock Nelson. So, um, yeah, he's definitely their most important player. He's a matchup guy. He's probably he's their best pure goal scorer right now, hands down. Even though you would say Oliver Wallstrom's probably got their best shot, but in terms mm-hmm. of production, Brock Nelson's the guy that puts up the goals, and he's, he's their most consistent goal scorer and has been from last few years now. So um, I'll, I'll go out and I'll, I'll leave it on this. Brock Nelson continues to play the way that he plays. He's going to give USA Hockey a real problem keeping him off that roster with the talent that USA Hockey has going on for the uh, World Cup of Hockey in 2024. So, Brock Nelson, good job. Um, if you want to represent the U.S., you're going to have to fight, and he, he looks like he's really uh, throwing his gloves down and uh, you know stepping in the middle of that ring to get that spot.
0: You guys said everything that I wanted to say. Matchup center, uh, he's put up his first 30 goal season. I I got to buy a round on it as well, boys, because he, Brock Nelson really is showing his value to this franchise and. You just gotta you just gotta you to just, you just appreciate that. Sit back and enjoy the show. I do think if they lost Brock Nelson Anthony, that would be something very bad for the Islanders. Starting with uh, the, we were talking about it before, the Islanders beat the New Jersey Devils six to four on Friday. The Devils are 0, two and one in their last three games. The Devils are getting a bit of a dose of reality right now. And let me throw this one up for you guys. Starting from that Islander game to uh, January 1st, to New Year's Day. So right now you have the loss to the Islanders, the OT loss to the Rangers, and the loss to to Dallas. They get Philly, then Florida, at Carolina, at Florida, Boston, Boston. So two against Boston, at Pittsburgh and versus Carolina. Now um, we will see what you're made of. And... I'm going to actually buy around on this one too. This is, this is going to be interesting. I mean, it's not like that didn't go off. Right. Um, they, Schmid played a hell of a game last night. He at least made two or three saves that I went, Oh, you gotta be kidding me, yeah. but they got to hope their goaltending holds up. So, uh, Felk, we'll go to you.
1: I'm going to say beer. Um, I think this is going to be a tough test. I I think they're a legitimate team though. And I think I do too. Um, I I just, I, you know what? So, all right, let me go back. So by getting a dose of reality, what are we getting at here? What, what, what's the actual overall point of that headline? Like, are, are they, are they in trouble or like, what are you trying to say?
2: Yeah, you like trying they're to say – like,
1: They're going to go on a bit of a, a rough stretch. The Devils are going to face a rough stretch. Okay. Yeah, they're going to um, face a rough stretch. I don't want to buy around. I, I'm close just because I, four games against – two against the Bruins, two against Carolina. And, and one
0: against Pittsburgh.
1: And one against Pittsburgh. I, I think those are all going to be tough, tough games for them. It, um, are we talking about the actual record that they're going to have afterwards or just the fact that they're playing tough teams? I
0: think it's going to be the record.
1: The record? Okay. I'm going to say beer then. Uh, okay. I, I, I will say beer just because, you know what, it, it's. I think they are going to struggle just a little bit because, you know what, usually when you play back-to-backs or you play teams consecutively you know, in very close quarters like that, usually you'll win one game and you'll lose the other. So mm. I, I think we're really going to see what they're really made of in this stretch, I think this is going to be like a season-defining stretch for them. If they go through this and 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 they show up, you know, like kind of, and they they pass this with flying colors, then you're looking at that team as probably the best team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, and
1: if it goes wrong, then you're going to start to say to yourself, "Were we really too high on Lindy too early?" You know, d- doubts will start to creep in. You know, what, what if Vanek starts to falter? You know, what if...
0: Where he gets you know, injured, I mean, he usually does.
1: I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say anything about injuries because that's not something you normally plan. Well, I mean, you do kind of have to expect them because they do happen, but, you know, Jack Hughes injury was not something that's, you know, just a run-of-the-mill thing, I would say. But, you know, what, what if Vanacek just was on a hot streak or something like that? You know, it, it, these things could happen, so.
0: Anthony.
2: Um, beer. I, I think they are... We're, you know, a legitimate team. Um, but, you know, ball, uh, playing Boston twice and then Pittsburgh and Carolina, that that's, that's a real tough four games. And, you know, and there's no, there's no shame in losing to the Islanders and Rangers. Those are good teams too. And Dallas is as well. So I, I don't, like, I don't think they're in trouble or anything, but I, I do think now that they're going to be faced with some possible adversity with being 0-2 and one, their last three and having some tough teams come up. Um it's gonna you know it's gonna push them, it's gonna see what they're made of. But at the end of the day, I still think they're gonna be, you know, at the top of the league and you know, gonna be a playoff team. But um on the other hand, they could come out of this and you know, kind of you know, run the table on some of these teams. Now you're sitting there yourself saying, you know, wow, the devils are scary good. So we'll see which way it goes. Yeah, yeah they're, what are you, they're might, might be...
1: generate in Anthony. What? What are you regenerate now? They they're scary good? Oh yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: over here, bud? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hey guys, you know, who's tied for fifth in the league in the NHL for goals. Bo Horvat. He is tied with Alexander Ovechkin after last (laughs) night. And rumor is he's on the trade block and negotiations are breaking down. Bo Horvat will be traded much earlier than the March 3rd trade (laughs) deadline. Mr. Larocco.
2: Um, I think you changed this on me a little bit. I don't know if I put much, but uh, so I don't. Well, know I, I,
0: you, you said before the trade deadline, yeah, which before, could be March I, second. I, I mean, wanted I to could, push it up a little.
2: I could see him being traded sometime next month in January or early or early February. I think you know when it gets to the point where you release a statement through the team saying that you know you're 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 only focused on playing with you know playing for the Canucks right now. Or you're not going to talk about, at this time. I'm not going to talk about my future anymore. I mean. Now that's out in the open that he rejected their offers and that he's officially on the block, I can't really see this dragging out till the March 3rd trade deadline. To me, it seems that they don't want it to be a distraction, and they'd probably rather move on sooner than later. So, um, you know, I'll still go round, but I'll I'll say, but but for me, much earlier still means maybe sometime in January, not next week. But I I do think he's going to go uh, a lot earlier. February would also be much earlier, yeah, uh,
1: Phil, I, I, I'm gonna say round. I think he's traded sometime in, in maybe the end of January, beginning of February. i I, I wouldn't shock me if it's er, even earlier than that just because of the fact that, like, like you said, the the negotiations have already broke down. It, it, it's dumb. I, and I think Vancouver would be smart just to move on from him now. The, the problem is is now you just – it takes two to tango. So now you got to find a team that's willing to give up what you're looking for right now, and teams might not be willing to do that. So that's why I don't think it's necessarily going to be sometime like this week. But, uh, I mean, if you we're looking at the end of January, I wouldn't be shocked if he's dealt before February. But um, definitely sometime in February I think he's dealt it at the latest because I, I, I think it's just going to come down to – Teams wanting to wait out the, the Canucks for them to lower their asking price. And that's really going to be it.
0: Uh, well, that's really it, but I'll say this. Uh, I'm going to go around with you guys. I think, Anthony, I think you're onto something here. I think it's going to be closer to uh, Valentine's Day than it is closer to the actual trade deadline. They're going to move on from them because right now they are uh, four <laughs> points out of a playoff spot and uh, they haven't been playing well, and they haven't gotten their game together. Goodness knows. I mean, that, that was supposed to be my surprise team of the year, and they're not even anywhere near it. I, I'd love it if the Canucks got their stuff together, but it's not going to happen. I don't think it is. Guys, probably the hottest player in the NHL is Mitch Marner. 23 games with a point, 11 goals, 21 assists, 32 points. Mitch Marner's scoring streak puts him in the MVP conversation. Mr. Fokowski.
1: This is around easy ground. Another another layup mark. You just you just, You're like you're you're, you're lobbing me alley oops on like a, a three foot <laughs> high basketball hoop right here. So um, yeah, it, this is this is easily around. Um, he's playing like the best player in the league right now. You know Sands McDavid, and as we always say every year, you you give one of those three spots out. Connor McDavid for for the hard voting, but Mitch Marner is definitely right there right now because Toronto's resurgence has a lot to do with him.
0: Anthony,
2: um, I mean, what he's doing is really really impressive, um but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Beer only because I, I, when you he's tenth in the league in scoring, but. You just look, there's so many guys, obviously McDavid's doing ridiculous things right now. So he's always going to be in the conversation, but you know, Jason Robertson, even though, you know, he had about 40 goals last year, I think this year he's really opening eyes. I think he's certainly a, 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 strong contender for the heart early on. Um, and then you got Sidney Crosby at his age to still be doing what he's doing and the penguins aren't going away. I think he's going to get some talk about, you know, MVP votes, um, you know, Buffalo's bad, so it's not going to happen. But Tage Thompson, 44 points, third in the league in scoring. Um, he's been absolutely amazing. Uh, so I just think it might be some of the guys ahead of him that got, might get some more recognition than he will. But I mean, he's certain what he's doing to be that consistent and score every single night is really impressive. And you know what?
0: I'm, I'm going to buy around. I mean, I've been listening to everybody talking about it. I think he's only 10th in the league in scoring. That's I think that's what kind of Mars it a little bit for me, but also that tells you how bad he was playing beforehand. So uh, he's up there. He's been playing great this year. Can he keep it up? We'll we'll see about that because it's funny. You mentioned one thing, Anthony, you talked about Jason Robertson and he's got 23 goals and 20 assists, 43 points at the end of the year. (coughs) Jason Robertson should be an MVP finalist. Anthony.
2: I'm going to go round if he keeps it up. I mean, yeah, certainly he's fourth in the league in scoring right now. Um, you know, he's what's really driving Dallas. Uh, I mean, Ben and Sagan playing like they're actual, you know, resembling good hockey players again helps. But I mean, Robertson is really the driving force behind that team. Um, you know, Ropa Hints is really good, too. But um, Robertson really does it all for him. Um, he's he's just an unbelievable score. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um you know, obviously guys like McDavid are still going to have more points and, you know, probably win the, um, you know, Art Ross or point total. I don't think he's going to get there, but I don't think that should mean he, you know, gets any votes taken away from him. I think he should easily be one of the three finalists. Philk?
1: Yeah, I'm going to buy around on this one. If, if he continues what he's doing, then, yeah, absolutely. He's on pace for – uh, well, like 110 points or something like that, and 50 goals or something, it's, it, it's ridiculous what he's doing. And um, when I said that um, you shouldn't, I won't be changing my name rather to Filch Stradamus, uh, <laughs> this was what I was alluding to, because in that same video that I predicted Ovechkin to score 800 against Chicago, I also predicted Boston, everybody was sleeping on them, but I missed big time on Dallas because I said that they were going to be my biggest disappointment and they're leading their division. They're second in the West. And I said, part of the reason why was that Jason Robertson might have trouble repeating his success. And he has done the exact opposite (laughs) and absolutely blown his numbers out of the water. So I am not playing any type of lottery numbers anytime soon or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, uh, again, I, 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 I this is a round.
0: And in Philip, that's where perspectives come in because I think I had the Dallas Stars as one of the underrated teams that I do have. Because again, Pete the Boar, this is what he does. He skyrockets some of these guys in like his first or his second year. Pavelski played for him in San Jose. It's just when you get to year three and four, that's really where the problems start creeping in. So I'm going to go with a round because I think Jason Robertson's on the cusp of being superstar it's coming soon just be ready for it i think we're seeing it right now so we don't even have to be ready for it it's right here um and we got one last one guys because gary bettman is approaching 30 years of being an nhl commissioner and i'm gonna start this one because i know filk is gonna throw up in his mouth when i actually say these words but Gary Bettman is the best commissioner in team sports right now. And I think the way I have to phrase this is this is almost a race to the bottom for all these commissioners because I have no idea what Adam Silver does. Um, <laughs> Rob Manford's trying to destroy baseball. And uh, the less said about Roger Goodell, the better. And I end up buying around out of this because. He's the one that really, he's the only commissioner in NHL history. Sorry. I can't say yes to that. I can. And, and some reasons I won't go, I won't get into on this show, but it's the, the expansion, the expansion around the world. Uh, Bettman's done so much. Go ahead. Phil have at it.
1: No. What, what? All right. So you want to expand around the world. That's great. What about marketing in the country that your league is designated? Your league plays it. That your league is located out of. What about marketing to you know all the cities that you know you that that your teams play in? How about trying to make your players household names, which they do nothing for. The, the players listen. The players are you know hockey is all this cliche cut and dry dry personality type sport where you don't you don't get those lively personalities like you do in football and basketball and even baseball but um i i just i he doesn't even know how to market the game Uh, and the nhl's marketing is just terrible and if they did a better job of it and 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 you know what good to them to get the espn and tnt deals but they have so much more to do to to market themselves and grow the game and it's great that they're having these you know exhibition games over in Europe and stuff like that at the start of the season but start doing more to market the game here and market the game better is Gary Gary is probably the worst out of the four commissioners at that hands down
0: Anthony
2: um yeah you know I don't follow the NBA at all so I don't know enough about silver to say you know, when we compare Silver and Bettman, I do know Manfred and Goodell are pretty terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean Bettman hasn't really done much to grow the game in terms of marketing. Um, that that's one thing for sure. Um, but you know, he has he has done some good things for the game too. I mean, you know, the expansion, Seattle and, and Vegas, those markets have really took off. Um, you know, he's the, the Tampa European Bay, another one. Yeah, but I mean, and also when it comes to, like, lockout stuff, you got to remember that he works for the owners. You know, the owners essentially, you know, tell him what to do. So I know a lot of people give him him heat on the lockouts that have happened in the past, but some of that blame has to be put on the owners, not solely on him. Um, so it's a little bit of a mixed bag with Bettman. Um, so for me to say, you know, round, it would kind of just be like, just because I really don't know enough about like silver, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. he doesn't have his warts. Because Batman does have his warts, believe me.
0: All, all all those commissioners have warts. We've already gone over scandals that have happened in the NHL the last couple times, and yeah, uh, all these leagues have had a lot of things they've had to answer over the last uh, thirty years. Yeah, I, just, I I just hope that the next commissioner does grow the players a lot more than than what Bettman has done because he understands at least it's the franchises. You follow the franchises, they're going to be there forever. So, guys, that's the end of Bar Talk for Big Apple Hockey. So, you guys agree with us on a lot of these things? Throw them down in the comments below. How have, uh, how have you been doing with a lot of these? Uh, I saw a couple really good comments in there. So, but we are going to go... To one of our favorite new segments, and that is Who Says No? Uh, yep, there it is. Uh, it's a no for me. Uh, Why? Is uh, it- it's a
1: no
2: for me, dog. Mm, no. No. Mm,
0: no. No. <laughs> okay, so that was fumbled a little bit, but still rescued. All right, so this, guys, is Who Says No? Where we take a bunch of mock trades and say which team would be the one that says no in that deal. Obviously, you got to stand your ground. You got to, you you can't, you can't give up too much. Anthony, the first one we got is for your New York Islanders. The New York Islanders acquire Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks for a 2023 first. Anthony Bavillier, Atu Ratu, and Samuel Boldock. Who says no?
2: As much as I would love Kane on the Islanders, the Islanders are saying no to this. Samuel Bolduc has been one of the best defensemen in the AHL. This year he's amongst the top leaders in scoring. Um, Atu Ratu is their best prospect. Um, and those two guys alone, I don't think Lou is willing to move for a rental. Um, he's not Kyle Palmieri or Pajot that are pretty much, you know, you could assume they would definitely resign. Um, who knows, but Kane may want to go back to Chicago to wherever he's traded from. So I don't think it would be a lock at all that he would stay. Um, you know, the first it is, it sucked to lose the first in Bovillier, but Ratu and Bolduc are the two pieces that I don't think Lou has really any interest in trading for a guy that he knows that he won't be able to re sign for sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I say that the Islanders would say no to this, Phil.
1: I, I think the Islanders would probably say no to it as well, just because of the fact that it, it's a lot to give up for, um, Patrick Kane, who I don't think would re-sign there anyway, I, I think he would end up hitting free agency, and he may even want to go back to Chicago for all we know. So um, I, I, I think if the package was smaller, I think if you looked at the, the 2023 first, a- Anthony Beauvillier, and then one of, and Bolduc, or one of Ratu or Bolduc, then maybe a deal gets done.
0: I'm going to go with that the... Again, I'm gonna go with the Islanders saying no. Uh, they would they'd probably go. The Blues not gonna trade that much. That's almost um, like I'm thinking about the trade he got that landed Kovalchuk. That was Peter Bergfors, uh, a first round pick,
1: Christian Bergfors, Christian Bergfors. All right. Yeah. What?
0: Who, he doesn't even remember his own name. Who the hell cares if I got it wrong? <laughs> um, you were
1: thinking Peter um, Forsberg.
0: Yeah, Forsberg. Oh, Jesus. All right, look, sometimes sometimes it doesn't work out for me when I remember things. All right, but still, I mean, he didn't give up a King's Ransom to get him in the end. So I think that's what he's going to try to do. Because we're going to move on to the next one, and I'll start this one off. The New York Rangers acquire Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks for Filipino, a first-round pick next year. Brennan Hoffman and Matthew Robertson. I'll start this off. The Rangers say no. I think Brennan Hoffman's going nowhere.
1: Phil. No. no, absolutely not. The Rangers say no. And there's no way that they give him up. But Hoffman was a guy who scored 50 goals last year in the OHL. He was second goal scoring. Matthew Robertson's kind of held uh, or fell down their depth chart a little bit. Um, he, he's, he's been all right in Hartford. Uh, His development hasn't gone the way that they would have expected. But Filippito alone is going to probably be a no for them. And then on top of that, Offman and Robertson, no. No, if you were to say the two first-round picks and then maybe a lesser prospect than Offman and Robertson, then I would say okay. But um, definitely uh, definitely a no to this one for the Rangers. All right, Anthony.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Rangers are saying no. Um, I I think – uh, the inclusion of Othman's too much. Um, I do think if they want Kane, they probably the Blackhawks would ask for Heedle. We got to remember salary purposes too. Heedle yeah. makes two point three million, so it would help the Rangers out in the trade. Um, but I don't really think they have any appetite to trade Brennan Othman at all. So again, especially for a rental. Especially yeah, for especially a for a
0: rental. No, yeah. Yeah, I think even if he resigns, why would you why would you take it for the aging veteran? So um, that's another one. Here's a, here's something I can actually see this, something like this happening. So this is an interesting one. The New Jersey Devils acquire Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks for a first-round pick, Alexander Holtz and Fabian Zetterlund. Philk.
1: I think San Jose would say yes. I think New Jersey would say no. Um, I, I think Jersey would say no just because – I don't think they want to give up a 1st and Holtz. I think at the, at this point, um, they're not worried about their first-round pick, where that's going to be, but it's Alexander Holtz that they're really high on, who I think is closer to being ready than people think. Um, I could see Meyer resigning with the Devils, but it, it, that would mean that the Devils would have to move pieces out, and I think that would further complicate their cap situation because they're going to have a lot of pieces that they're going to have to give contracts to in the future, so um, you're going to have to give Vanek a new deal. Um, Luke Hughes is going to come up, and I think he's going to be great for them. Mm-hmm. And I think if New Jersey's smart, they're going to want to lock him down a lot earlier and get him at a real good rate, so they can keep a lot of their core together. So uh, I think Jersey says no to this because Alexander Holtz, I think, is going to become a 30 goal scorer one day.
2: Anthony, I could Certainly, see the Devils going after Meyer if the Sharks put him on the um, put him on the market. Um, this is actually something I could see, you know, working out. Um, I do think the Devils would want to tinker it and maybe remove Holtz, um, maybe put Dawson Mercer there. But again, he's pretty valuable too. But because I think is, Even I don't no think the Devils would to, yeah, I don't think the Devils would be able to get Meyer for for just let's say Zetterlund in the first. I think someone else would have to be in there. Um, so I agree. I think the Sharks say yes. Um, I think the Devils say no, but I think it would be close to being to getting done if they just kind of rework it a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody
0: says no. I think if you're going to ask me who says no, the Devils. I think the Devils are going to be in a position maybe where they start thinking that they could strike while the iron's hot. If the caveat to this is Meyer had... Re- Talks to the Devils and signs immediately,
2: an extension. Then this can happen. Well, remember he's 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 going to be an RFA, not a UFA. So at least they have that on their side, right? That is, and yeah, um, I mean,
1: as, as we've seen, RFAs could still have you know give trouble to re-sign. Look at the where he yeah. he didn't sign until like what December first in the deadline.
0: Yeah, or yeah, potentially right Alex DeBrinket, who you have a huge qualifying offer for him. So.
1: Yeah, and Timo Meyer's qualifying offer is like ten million.
0: Mm-hmm. And all right, well, I mean, maybe the Devils can rework it and get uh, Peter Bergforce in there. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this, yeah, by the way, this is the most amount it. that Christian Bergforce has been talked about in the last ten years. So
2: he's
1: actually Nicholas. I-, I could be wrong too. I actually, could. Be, who you know cares? What, that, that
2: actually, that actually sounds more right. Nicholas. Yeah, I do think
1: Nicholas, Nicholas sure. sounds 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 better. So yeah, I
0: think you know, it's Nicholas actually. How about this one? This is sort of a blockbuster. I I mean, it's, it's not happening, but we wanted to say who says no. Anthony, Buffalo acquires Andre Svechnikoff from Carolina for Tage Thompson. Who says no?
2: Oh, man, I mean, Svechnikoff's loved in Carolina, and obviously Thompson is in Buffalo. Pri- prior, even though Thompson had a good year last year, Um, prior to last year, I'd probably say, uh, Carolina, but I think, I think this year going, but I don't know. Uh, I think Buffalo says no. Um, and that's no slight on Svechnikov. I mean, Svechnikov is a really good player. Um, but Thompson, I mean, he's just, he's so big in his size and he's turning into such a force out there. I mean, for a guy to be as big as him and skilled, that's that, that would be a really hard player to give up, even though Svechikov is an absolute you know, gem as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, go, I go and say Buffalo says no, but, man, it's, it's – All
0: yeah. right,
2: Filk, because the faces you've been making
0: through this have been amazing.
1: <laughs> How is this even a discussion right now? It should stop after Buffalo says no. It's not even close right now. Andre Thatchikov is a good player, but Tage Thompson, if he was playing on a contender, would be the MVP front runner <laughs> right now with what he's doing. This is not even close. God. I,
0: I got to agree with Phil. I, I think this isn't even close either. Right now, Tage Thompson is being the star that they just imagined he was going to be when they acquired him. I do have to I'm, – I'm just going to say Buffalo says no. And let me throw this back to you guys: Is that a win-win trade for both teams? No, that was, and that was Riley going there and winning. Oh, you oh, talking.
1: About, I thought you were talking about this being a win-win. No, 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 no. no.
0: no I'm sorry. I meant to say the actual trade that got Tage Thompson over there. They yeah. gave up on a kid from St. Louis, by the way.
1: Yeah, Tage from St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, they they did, and you got a Stanley Cup and a cons mind out of it out of Ryan O'Reilly and
0: a and team, team captain.
1: Yeah, and he's still playing well. So, yeah, it, it is a win-win. Buffalo has got – all right, so Buffalo, in terms of skaters, has had three really big stars in their 50-plus years of, of playing. Three really big stars. Gilbert Perot, Pat LaFontaine, and now Alexander McGilney. And Tage Thompson is turning out to be the biggest star that they've had mm-hmm. since McGilney and LaFontaine. That's how yeah, he, T. Thompson has been. He was better. He's better now than Jack Eichel at his peak years was in Buffalo.
0: That's saying something. That's saying yes. something. Anthony, last word: win-win trade for them.
2: Um, in th- this trade right here?
0: Oh no the the actual Tage Thompson trade that got him to Buffalo.
2: Oh, when um, I mean, yeah, St. Louis. They, you know, they obviously got a cup. Um, and, you know, RR was a piece to kind of put him over the edge. So I guess you could say, I guess you could say yes, but long term, Buffalo is going to be the winner on this deal, on that deal for sure. Oh,
0: uh, I, I do have to, I do have to highlight this, this comment before I get on, guys. Uh, Brian saying, uh, Pierre Turgeon is spinning. I was piece. just about
1: to respond to that, Brian. You mean to tell me that P- Pierre, you know, Pierre Turgeon was as good at, and, a- 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 in his, prior, or his peak in Buffalo, as he was with the Islanders? No. Pierre yeah, Turgeon like, had his best year with the Islanders by far. And Pierre Turgeon, at the time that he was in Buffalo, wasn't even close to being one of the best players in the league. Tage Thompson is definitely one of the best players in the league right now. And Hasek, yeah, continues that said, upward trajectory. Hashan was and- not a, a skater. So, I'm not counting Hasek in that.
2: We have we have one person that says Carolina says no, which is interesting. <laughs>
1: what? How did Carolina no. <laughs> say no to that? Center, center is All a right. more premium position than, than right wing. And not only that, but look at the numbers and look at what Thompson's doing on a team with a younger team. Oh, when
0: in doubt, you have to go to the center. We got one more potential trade for us, and that is – the Colorado Avalanche acquired Jonathan Taves from the Blackhawks for a 2023 20, first round pick and Alex Newlook. Anthony.
2: The, uh, the Avalanche say no. Um, as much as I think they're going to be in the market for a center, as they've been linked to the Bo Horvat, I think um, Taves will be another guy who would be on their radar at the experience uh, and all everything he brings but I don't think they would want to trade. I mean, maybe first because Taves is Jonathan Taves. You're going to pay just for the name, even though he's maybe not as productive as he once was, but new and look the on top of that. Um, probably, pro- probably not. So um, I say that the Avalanche say no, but I, I still think they would look to acquire Jonathan Taves. Philk?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with Anthony on this one. Um, Colorado says no. Um, Taves could be a target. But it's definitely not for a first-round pick and Alex Newhook. Um, if you want to say something like a first-round pick and Martin Cout and another, maybe a prospect or something like that, a lower-level prospect, okay? And I think the first-round pick might have to be in there just because Colorado is going to have to ask uh, Chicago to retain, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to drive up the cost a bit for you know Colorado to acquire him if Chicago is retaining fifty percent. So. Yeah, I, I I I could see him being a target, but I just think this is too much.
0: Again, you you hit the nail on the head with the, retaining the fifty percent. I think I think it's definitely Colorado that says no on this. Uh, Taves, he's going to be an interesting one. Him and Kane, you're trying to figure out where they're going to go. Um, but there was there was a good. It's going to be a good question because some places. See, I don't know what if, if these guys want to leave Chicago. That's the thing. There's rumors of them not wanting to leave now. So it might not wave there are no trades. So we'll see enough. about that one. Although, by the way, Anthony, this one was texted to me this week. Uh, Dawson Mercer in a first round pick for Patrick Kane, who says no.
2: The Blackhawks. That's not that's not enough.
0: Not enough, Phil. Blackhawks.
1: Dawson Mercer in a first? yeah I feel like they might be able to get a little more than that um but you're getting a young roster player who, who looks like he's on the upside uh, you know on the upswing and he looks like he's gonna be pretty good um, for a guy that that's leaving as, as a you know he's a UFA at the end of the year I, I mean I I don't know I, I I think maybe Chicago says yes to that I, I, I think if I think at the end of the day, if the uh, the offers come in and it's not what they expect, I I think something along that type of line could end up being the best offer out there for King. So, yeah, it's just my two cents.
0: Well, again, guys, thanks for joining us on this segment of Who Says No? Uh, Apparently, uh, we have no idea what Berg for his first name was. And we're just going to keep on rolling on with the show. We got one more segment for you, and I'm a little bit annoyed at myself right now because I forgot to prep the entire thing. But we are going to do our Big Apple Hockey Power Rankings. Ah! So I'm going to turn things over to Mr. Anthony LaRocco, who is going to announce his five power rankings, the top the top five teams in the NHL, according to him.
2: All right, number one, the Arizona Coyotes. They're an absolute dynamo. Um, Carol Velzomaka is is one of the best goalies <laughs> in the league. Um, uh, you know, Clayton Keller's playing really good hockey. Jacob Chikrin doesn't even want to play for him anymore. Um no, does um, he know he can't be good enough? Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw, a, throw a little curveball there. Um, no one, the, the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, when you're talking like last ten records, they're not the best team, um, but they're still, you know, the best team in the National Hockey League overall. Uh, they've they've been an absolute beast, especially at home. Um, A lot of people doubted them, including myself. But, you know, behind Linus Olmark, who's who's playing phenomenal this year and Pasternak and Bergeron, Marchand, they all especially Marchand got healthy again. They got McAvoy back. They haven't missed a beat. Um, They're just, you know, the best team in the NHL right now. We'll see. You know, they have a little bit of an older roster. We'll see as the season goes on, if they wear down a little bit. But right now, um, I think they're the team to beat in the East. Um, Number two, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Penguins are really hot right now. I think they're what, eight, eight, one and one, I believe, in their You're last time, some along those lines. Sidney um, Crosby's turning back the clock, just like Ovechkin, amongst the lead leader in points. Um, you know, Crystal Tang had a stroke and he quickly got back on the ice, which is so good to see. Um, you never want to wish that on anybody, so I'm glad he's healthy. But he's a really integral part of their defense. You know, Jake Gensel, Ryan Rust, Evgeny Malkin. You know, this is a team that a lot of us doubted for the last couple of years now, saying they're going to fall off, but um, they they have yet they have yet to do so. Um, and I don't really know if they'll if they'll take a slide. I think I think they might be here to you know stay and and really compete for you know whether it be the second, third, or first wild card spot. So. Third, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, we talked about them earlier, Mitch Marner's point streak. They're 9-0-1 in their last 10. Um, Samsonov and Murray, surprisingly, have been giving them good goaltending. Um, and really, what can you say much more about Mitch Marner? Again, he's just leading the charge there. Um, Austin Matthews kind of started off slow. I, I think a lot of Leaf fans would still want to see him be a little more productive when it comes to scoring goals. But um, I think with the way he shoots the puck, he'll get back there quick. Um Listen, with the Leafs, it's we all know it's not a question of how they do in the regular season. It's what happens in the playoffs. So, so none of this should really be a surprise. Um, I'm not really a big believer of them come playoff time. I think it's going to be more of the same, but I guess we'll see what Kyle Dubas could do with the trade deadline to try to prevent that. But for now, I give them credit. They're playing really good hockey. Number four, uh, the New Jersey Devils, yes, 0-2-1 in their last three. But again, they've been one of the better teams in the league for the whole season. A lot of people doubted them saying it was kind of fluke, but um, they just kept playing really good hockey. They're a really fast team. Uh, they play with so much speed. They really force you to make a lot of errors. Um, but Vanacek has been back there when they have, when their defense has kind of faltered. He's been really respectable for them, um, which is, a you know, a little bit of a surprise because, you know, Blackwood was expected to finally get his net back, but you no, know, he got hurt again. What can you say? He's the new DP the guys made a glass, but, um, now, just overall, their forward group. Remember, they're doing all this with that Andre Pallot who's been hurt. Um, so when he comes back, they're going to be even better. But again, I know they're coming up on a stretch here, but I think they're here to stay. And um, they might even still win the division. Uh, I mean, not still. I think they might actually hold on to that lead <laughs> at the end of the year. i that there'll be another team that flip flops with them on the way. I think they may hold that first spot for the rest of the season with the you know lead that they padded themselves. And lastly, the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, they've been going through some, you know, injury woes lately, but they've been a really good team. Again, surprised some people. I know early in the year, I scoffed at Mark when he said the Vegas Golden Knights are back, and I said it's way too early. Um, they just played really good hockey. The matter. The question now is, will they be able to stay afloat while they've been dealing with some of these injuries? But being that the Western Conference is a little bit on the weaker side, I, I think they can maintain their position and um, be the favorite to come out of the West possibly. So, um, yeah, those are my top five for now. Again, you know, in another month from now it might be totally different, but, um, those are my five.
0: Phil, what would you change out of those five as in comparison?
1: So number, number five, um, I would actually have the New Jersey devils at five. Um, you know, they've come off their heater. They're still a really good team. Up near the top in the standings, um, so I, I would have them at five. Uh, number four, I'd have the Dallas Stars. I just think that uh, they they've played some really good games. Uh, they're getting real good production uh, from a lot of different guys in their lineup. I mean, obviously Jason Robertson's in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, you know, their goaltending was great. Uh, I mean, Jay Gottinger's cooled off a little bit in terms of goal, uh, goals against average. It's, I think he's around like a 2.5 right now. I think, think it's 2.49, I think the last I checked. But um, he's got like a 9.16 save percentage. And, um, you know, it's still pretty good. But, you know, not not the Vezina runner, clear front runner that he was like a month ago. Um, number three for me would be the Winnipeg Jets. Or um, I, I would have to put them there. I just think that they are – they're just a quiet wagon right now. They're just moving along. They're playing some really good hockey. And, again, Josh Morrissey is leading the charge. Continue to talk about his play, point per game, uh, playing great defense. You're, you're getting – Kyle Connor is starting to come on again. You're starting to get more production out of guys like Mark Shifley too. He's getting back to the, more of a point per game type range that he's been at for the last like six years or so. Um, and number two, I have Toronto just 9-0-1 in their last 10. That, that's, that's wagon status, despite, you know, some of the injuries that they've had. Guys like Jake Muzzin's out for the year, so on. We've got to, you know, hope for a recovery for him. But Mitch Marner talked about that, so I, I, I can't talk much further about that. And then, um, uh, obviously, number one, just Boston. They just keep moving along, and it's yeah. – I, I, I didn't know when I said people were sleeping on them that they were going to go and do this. Like, I thought that they would, you know, have a spot in the playoffs and they would be a good team. But this is just something else, man. Jim Montgomery.
0: Gotta uh, applaud the job that he's done.
1: Yeah. J, J, this is Jim Montgomery. This is, and you know what? And, and it's nothing against Bruce Castillo who I thought was a really good coach. And I, I, the results are showing in Vegas. He's got Vegas playing some great hockey despite missing a couple of their key guys. Uh, Jim Montgomery's done a hell of a job at Boston because he's, he's working with an older Patrice Bergeron who just doesn't seem to slow down for whatever reason. Uh, Ponce de Leon would be jealous of Patrice Bergeron. And then, about uh, another
0: guy that's turning back the clock.
1: Yeah. And then, you, and then you have David Krejci coming back and contributing. Like he takes a year off the NHL, comes back and contributing and then just, Wow. Um, the Linus Allmark, he has to be the a front runner right now. He leads in all the major statistical categories. Everything he leads in wins, he leads in save percentage, and he's got like a like before last night it was like a nine forty save percentage he had entering yep. the night. His goals against he's he's leading the that I think it was what sub two before last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it,
0: like way yeah. down.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it, you just there. They're from top to bottom. They're, they're the most well-balanced team right now, Boston.
0: Unfortunately, Anthony changed my rankings on me. Uh, I actually never set my rankings. I kind of jotted them down because, you know what, you convinced me to move Pittsburgh up by a lot. But I would go probably Pittsburgh Boston and then Toronto. What?
1: Pittsburgh was, was six for me. that me no i think mark's on mute actually now
2: <laughs> he doesn't even realize he did himself what
1: i think either mark lost audio or he muted himself i think mark's microphone is messed up actually oh well oh there it is
0: okay <laughs> nothing says that i was muted so i don't know
1: no uh, yeah maybe something was messed up with your microphone because we couldn't hear you talking
2: yeah oh okay yeah. All right. Well, uh, one thing you even realized we couldn't hear you. You're just well, yeah, no, just I, I clicked about. on the
0: standings just to get back and get that top ten for uh, the uh, the stars. I love the stars. I love the way they're playing right now, and I can't say enough about them. Uh, the Penguins are obviously, I think, if you could configure four, five, six, almost any way you want. I still got to keep the, the Devils at number four right now because they're still playing well, although they last three. We'll see about that. And then, um, yeah, I'll no. leave Vegas in at number five. So I forgot what number I'm on right now. So, oh, wait, no, there you go. I, it would be the Devils at five, Pittsburgh at four because I have the Maple Leafs at two. So everybody's so about everybody <laughs> this. Usually I have the graphic for it but I realized during bar talk that I completely forgot to make that graphic up. So, all right. Uh, What other news and notes do we have around the NHL right now, guys?
2: Um, Again, not really much. The only thing that was the whole Horvat thing where it came out that he rejected an offer. And then he put out the statement through, through the Canucks saying he wasn't going to talk about his future anymore at this point, blah, blah, blah. Um, But that, that was really, that was really it.
0: And, uh, we'll probably get Phil back in about five seconds, you know, but do you think that that's just one of those things of like somebody just saying, uh, trying to put it to bed or is this going to give it new life?
2: Wait, say it again. Is
0: this one of those things that he just came out to try to like, put it to bed, say no more contract talk. Or is it going to give a well, new life to talk about I think
2: it? I think it's it's just because, you know, the media leaked that he rejected all the offers. So he knew that once that came out in the open that he was going to be asked a lot of questions on it. And, you know, did he want to be there? So I guess he wanted to get ahead of it and just say that, you know. And what he said is your basic, your basic typical, you know, fluff, Mark, um, which is, you know, I'm focused on being a Canuck and – helping out this team while I'm here, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to talk about my future at this point. But, I mean, now that everything's out in the open, I got to imagine the Canucks are going to work on, you know, trying to find a a feasible trade for him, which is why I think it's going to happen, you know, sooner than the March 3rd trade deadline. Again, I could see it going down in January or, you know, February sometime.
0: And it's such – he has such a low AAV right now. Like, so many teams could fit him under the cap. It's –
2: You'd be A, surprised. Is AAV's were five five something? I mean, there aren't there aren't many teams that could fit that cap right now. Five five million dollars, especially contenders. Yeah.
0: Uh by the way, Anthony, um, it was Nicholas Bergfors. Yes, that's sure. right. And yeah. uh Patrice Cormier. So yeah. if anybody should be mad, it's Patrice Cormier. At least I remember Bergfors last yeah. <laughs> name. Um I'm just going under Cap friendly just to get his. His cap number quickly. Um yeah, it is it, it is 5.5. 5.
2: Yeah. And many, the way he's scoring many...
0: is gonna cost him a whole lot more. So
2: yeah, there's talk that he's gonna get you know upwards of eight million on his next contract. So you know it's it's a lot, it's a lot of money. But I mean I think there are gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna be willing to give it to him.
0: All right, and um I and mean, it, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an inter- interesting trade deadline because again, I still don't know if Patrick Kane or uh, John, the Taves, if they're going to just wave to go somewhere else, they're not guys that need to chase championships.
2: Yeah, no, they I mean, don't. I'm, I'm 50, 50 on them leaving. I, I think, I think they very well might, you know, might stay. So, and who knows though, maybe the constant losing may wear on them as the season kind of gets into the doldrums here. Like, you know, after the holiday season and whatnot, but. Um, yeah, I I won't be surprised if they stay and if they stay that probably throw a lot of, you know, monkey wrenches into some team's plans who really wanted them. But, um, yeah, I, I won't be shocked at all if they stay in Chicago. And yeah, Pete, there was a Ponce de Leon
0: reference. Uh, I have not seen the Skinner, uh, play yet, so I don't know what the suspension is for that. Have you seen that play
2: Anthony? It was a cross. Yeah, he cross-checked Jake Gensel, like in the.
0: And I just lost Anthony. All right, actually, you know what? I did see that. I remember what happened with that, where it, uh, there was a couple Swats. I think it was the goaltender, and yeah, he. It looked like. Just your regular average scrum, but then he gave him a couple shots to the face with the cross check. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a game or two, if not three. Uh, I do think that's dangerous. I do think that that was excessive, but you know, Department of Player Safety doesn't know how to pronounce player safety. Uh, so uh I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on for another five more minutes, guys because uh, apparently we just we're having technical difficulties galore right now uh, that Phil ran and uh okay. And Anthony actually his his laptop died, but he had to go anyway. Um, so I'll I'll wrap this up in about another five more minutes. And yeah, no. So I, mean, yeah, I don't know if they're meeting in person. the The worst suspension, the one that should have happened, was uh, should have been the Kuznetsov one. Talk about a chop to somebody's face. This is up there though. I gotta say this. This is this this was getting excessive and just ridiculous. So yeah. So so far we've had a Ponce de Leon uh, segment. We might do we might do a bottom five eventually, Pete. Whenever uh yeah, you know, just being a saying, whenever the Rangers win, there's always a but. So if we lose to Toronto tomorrow, then it'll be said we stink because We couldn't be to Toronto while they're on a tear. Yeah. I mean, there's always a yes, but I mean, that's what New York fans always are. We're yes, but people. And, um, I think it's that we want to find the flaws so we don't get overconfident for the most part. That's just what I think about that. And, uh, and, and again, I think that's just how we are as sports fans. So that's, that's not a problem. So Yeah. Uh, and cause it's, it's like that, um, that Steve Carell bit from the office. I'm ready to get hurt again. Oh, Pete. Okay. So it is three games. Three games seems about right. They didn't call him in. Uh, I don't think he has a, a, a previous record. He's not a frequent, uh, suspension guy. Let's see about that one. Let's see how many times he's been suspended. Uh, that's that's why that's why you guys tune in for YouTube and everywhere. So that way you hear me uh typing away your keys. <laughs> so um let's see if they got it under the transactions. Yeah, he was suspended the last time ten years ago for kicking Scott Nickel, and yeah, you know that's actually yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's a repeat offender. He's far from Tom Wilson, and he's far from Evgeny Kuznetsov. And yes, uh, unfortunately, you're right about this one. If it's against the Penguins and the league protects him, yeah, uh, the Penguins they're never going to shake that. They're never going to shake that idea that the league protects them. And, and I do think they do that. I also think uh, the officiating is a little bit more suspect in that there's, there's just a lot that goes into that. And I don't, I, I particularly don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it that we have that perception, even if it's not there, you should work against that. All right. Uh and St. Louis will be moving a few players in a few months. I believe so. Yeah, especially Vladimir Tarasenko. Stay tuned on that one. And yeah, Howard Chuck, I got to agree with uh what uh what Philk was saying right here. Philk really goes in the stats a lot more than I do, which is saying something. But I mean, yeah, and Pete and I still remember playing with Dale Howard Chuck in NHL 92 and 93, but it's, yeah, it's uh, it's not a comparison. Tage Thompson right now is blowing up to be just the next thing in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, God, I can't wait for the Chicago trip. It, it, this, this, going to see... Going to see Chicago um, the, and the and the Rangers on Sunday. It's a nice one-day trip. We're also going to be, uh, me and uh, All Things Islanders are going to be going and seeing the Rangers and the Buffalo Sabres on uh, January 19th. That, it, we actually just confirmed that before this show, uh, that's going to be Ryan Miller's uh, retirement, uh, his jersey retirement. So I've never been to one of those. I'm kind of eager to see that. Also eager to see the city of Buffalo. I've never been there before. So get that one crossed off. I have to get some of these Mark on the road videos for you guys. So, I mean, the the funniest one is the, the on the road is the closest one to me, which is going to be UBS. I have that video that I need to finish making and get it out to you. Uh, but we work constantly to try to get, the spread uh the virus as mike always says it mike fine and uh it's uh we're working on that more and more uh we're we've passed five thousand subscribers so again thank you very much everybody and don't forget to appease the youtube gods which i wish that came out better but you know appease the youtube gods all right let's see if we got any more uh, well, oh, I hope so in the future. Now that the Rangers are looking like they're better and the Islanders are staying afloat. gotta do one for the, for the Rangers. Got to post those pictures. We had the, the bar meetup, uh, for the Islanders, uh, versus, uh, the St. Louis blues. Great time for everybody that night. And also, uh, thank you very much, Amanda, for getting me this. And it's, uh, Nice way to, for everybody to remember Big Apple Hockey. Though you really couldn't see that from all the way back there, but because yeah, the microphone is blocking it a little bit. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Uh, so we're going to play us out of this, because we only got 15 that are still here and remaining right now. So the best way to start it all off is with my cousin Phil's song, Bye Bye, which is always a great song. I actually love to. Download that for everybody if you want to hear it. Um, to see my cousin Karina, who plays in Huntington, at usually a bunch of different places. Uh, I got I to see what her schedule is. If you don't, you haven't listened to her. Karina Antonucci music. Fantastic musician. I can never say enough about her. And uh, great voice. Her and her sister both have great voices so uh, everybody it's been a a hell of a week I was actually delighted we got all this in tonight Uh, there's been so much that we had to pack into today the power rankings and the who says no segment we're going to be starting a brand new segment next week Uh, don't have the official title for it it could be I have a bad feeling about this Uh, so there would be plenty of Star Wars references for everyone else and um, it's, uh, no, it, it's it's always a great time. This is our favorite day of the week. Great doing the show with these guys. So, everybody, thank you very much. And hopefully see a win for the New York Rangers tomorrow night. See the New York Islanders continue their tear. And uh, can't wait to see the city of Chicago. Enjoy some deep dish pizza. And hopefully a win for the New York team on Sunday as well Pete thank you very much for showing me around on Sunday I'm thanking you in the future on it right now everybody thank you very much that's what we're going to sign off with today on that don't forget to listen to us on iTunes uh, let's see is it still iTunes Apple Podcasts Spotify iHeartRadio wherever you get your podcasts Odyssey Google Play we're on there and of course Twitch where we're going to stream and actually I gotta check out Twitch sometime they we're doing on that one as well, and uh, we might have to change up channel formats, so keep it, keep it posted on that because we're gonna have to do shorts on another one. So, everybody, thank you very much for joining us today, and we will see you soon.